Good morning, Grace. We are continuing our series of stories in exile as we look at the people of God and their captivity in Babylon around 587 BC and kind of that journey that they took of 70 years of captivity. And today we're reaching the end of that series. We want to talk about the kind of conclusion of them returning home. Now we're covering enormous amounts of ground in the Old Testament and we're skipping huge portions of scripture. So uh, don't come at me. We're, We're skipping Nehemiah. We're skipping huge pieces of scripture, but we're going to jump to the end here and talk about what happened when they regathered again in Jerusalem. And it feels like regathering or reopening the church has been a heated debate this week among uh, Christians from all over the place. There's lots of discussions, lots of conversations, lots of opinions about what reopening looked like. And for God's people, way back in, in these times, these discussions were similar. They had spent 70 years in Babylon, Uh, They were returning home to a place that was destroyed, a place that had not been inhabited, a place that couldn't be protected, uh, a place where the temple had been destroyed. And the previous temple was this beautiful, incredible, amazing structure, and it just wasn't the same. It wasn't the same temple. It didn't feel the same. It it, it didn't act the same. The the rules and rituals had to shift a little bit, and, and it wasn't as beautiful and as immaculate and as incredible as the temple that they had seen before. And this week, there's been all kinds of opinions about us gathering together again as a church. Um, I've heard it all. I've heard if you're not opening the church this week, you're a communist. Uh, I I actually heard that this week uh, from someone in person. Uh, I I heard that if you're meeting together this week, then uh, then you're writing the death sentence of your entire congregation. Uh, I, I think we've polarized these things in such ways, both politically and just in our opinions in different ways, that we've, um, we've made this a really difficult issue. Uh, I've, I've received phone calls this week urging us to start gathering again in person uh, this week, uh, and I've had calls urging us not to gather again and meet until 2022. Uh, And so we hear you, we appreciate your input and appreciate those calls, Um, but there's one thing that's clear right now, and that is that the church and Christians and our country uh, are not united and are quite divided on what we believe about COVID-19. There are financial concerns. Uh, Right now, our church's giving has gone down about 30%. Over the past uh, nine to ten weeks, which causes us uh, problems in the future as we dream about building a park and as we think about uh, making payroll and think about doing all the things that are required for us as a church, um, there are challenges. And I know many of you are small business owners, or or uh, and if you don't work, you 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 don't get paid. And and so there is this need to to reopen and to regather and to do these things. I also know that there's health concerns. I spoke to a high school kid this week who's lost four family members over the past three months to COVID-19 in our community, uh, four family members, and who was just devastated by all of this and terrified by all of this. There's lots of opinions these days. When do we reopen? How do we reopen? When do we gather? How do we gather? Do we need to worry about the economy? Do we need to worry about our health? All of these things are real, and I want to address all of those today, but I want to start in Ezra chapter 3. Ezra chapter 3, we're going to begin at verse 8. After 70 years in exile, God's people return home. 
They rebuild a version of the temple. It's not the temple as it once was, but they rebuild a version of the temple and gather together. And this is the story of what happens. Ezra 3 verse 8, it says, Now in the second year, after they're coming to the house of God at Jerusalem, in the second month, so this would have been 72 years and two months after their Babylonian captivity, Zerubbabel, the son of Shatil, and Jeshua, the son of Jazadak, those are just cool names, made a beginning together with the rest of their kinsmen and the priests and the Levites who had all come to Jerusalem from their captivity. They appointed the Levites. They appointed new leaders. They appointed new priests from 20 years and up to supervise the work of the house of the Lord. And Joshua and his sons and his brothers and Kadmiel and his sons and the sons of Judah together supervised the workmen of the house of God along with the sons of Hinnadad and the Levites and their sons and brothers. It just seems like a long list of confusing names, but it's important what we see here. What we see here is God's people understanding that leadership is from God. The leadership is from God, that there are structures in the church, that there are structures in the community, that there are leaders that are appointed, there are people who are decision makers, that there are people who take the input of everybody and decide what happens. This is what they were doing. They reestablished the Levitical process of priests. They, they reassigned Levites and priests from certain families and from certain um, places and said, these are the people who are going to make the decisions for us. They're going to speak for the people. It's the same structures that we have set up here at Grace Marietta. We have a local board. Uh, we just uh, appointed two new members of that local board. We've got a board that meets monthly, a board that prays weekly, a board that is making decisions every single week involving the life of the church. Um, we have a staff that executes these decisions and that lives out these decisions on a daily basis that is working hard every single day. Um, I know for many people, that I've, I've heard COVID-19 has been a break from work. I can tell you our church staff has not had a break during this season. Uh, it has been more work for us. And, and the job of the leaders of the church is to co-discern what God is saying and what God is doing and to lead the church into those issues. Even when the church is divided about what we should do, leaders need to step in and make decisions. And the truth is, there, are, there is a large portion of our church that believes we should gather and open this Sunday. There is a large portion of our church that believes we should wait and be cautious. At least six months is what I'm hearing from many people. Um, I'm hearing all kinds of things. But what we do is we pray. We seek the Lord. We listen to the church. We listen to opinions. We, we listen to government officials. We listen to scientists and doctors. We listen to the CDC. And we look to God's word for wisdom. Acts 20, verse 28 says, keep watch over yourself and keep watch over the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. That we're, we're to watch over the church. We're to make decisions for the church. We're to be overseers of the church and to make these decisions. Ezra chapter 3, verse 10, it says, and when the builders laid the foundations of the temple of the Lord, the priests in the vestments came forward with the trumpets and with the Levites, the son of Asphah with symbols to praise the Lord. And according to the directions of David, the king of Israel, they sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord. They said, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever towards Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundations of the house of the Lord had been laid. Here's what happened. The temple was being rebuilt. And when they had just built the foundation, 
just built the smallest portion of it. Everybody gathered and sang and celebrated and worshiped. And as I read this passage, as they do the liturgy, as the symbols clang, as the, as the church gathers together, I miss gathering. I, I miss corporate worship. I miss singing together. I miss seeing everybody. I miss being with everybody. I can't wait because there's a hunger inside of me to, to, to gather in person again and to worship together. But the biblical model of the church has never been that the church is just a place that we gather. The church, the biblical model of the church is that we are a gathered church, but we are also a scattered church. The biblical model of the church as revealed in Acts over and over again is that the church takes place in the temple and in the homes. It takes place as a central gathering, but also in the homes of God's people all throughout Scripture. And, and over the last decade, um, over the last multiple decades, I would say, the church has swung the pendulum way over here to the gathered church. We have made the gathering on Sunday morning the church. In fact, I've heard from so many people, the church is closed. And I want you to know the church isn't closed. The church has not been closed. I can, I can promise you the church has been preaching the word every single week. The church has been reaching out to the community every single week. The church has been meeting needs in our community every single week. The church has been um, counseling, loving, serving, worshiping, praying, gathering. All of these things have continued to happen. The one thing that hasn't happened is we haven't gathered together in person. Um, over the last many, many decades, I have never seen everybody have this crazy outrage or outcry for the church not meeting in homes, for the church not reaching out to communities. I, I feel like the pendulum of the way that we gather has swung from temple to homes, from temple to homes throughout the history of the church. And right now, we've gone on a swing that, where the pendulum has swung so far into gathering in the temple that we don't have an imagination for what it means to gather in our neighborhoods and to gather in our homes. And, and I would suggest a swing back is not a bad thing for the church. For the pendulum to swing back to a balance between homes and church, temple and homes, is not a bad thing in any ways. Verse 12, here's how the people responded to this time of worship. It says, but many of the priests and many of the Levites and the heads of the fathers' houses, old men who had seen the first house, who had seen the first temple, they wept with loud voices when they saw the foundation of the house being laid. Though many shouted aloud for joy, they could not distinguish of the sound of a joyful shout from the sound of people weeping. For the people shouted with a great shout, and the sound was heard from far away. This is so fascinating. There are people gathered together as they see the foundation of the new temple. There are some who are celebrating, saying, this is good. I can see the good in what's happening. There's good things. It's not what it was before, but God is still working. The church is not closed. The foundations are being built. God is in control. Amazing things are happening, and they're celebrating, and they're worshiping. Their hands are raised in the air. They're singing, and they're shouting, and they're excited. And then there are people standing right beside them who are weeping and are saying, but but it's not the same as what it once was. It's not the same as the first temple. It's not the same as when we gathered in the temple that Solomon built and that David dreamed of. It's not the same when we gathered prior to the exile. It's not the same when it's on video. We're hearing all of these things. I heard from someone this week, I can't do it. I just don't watch the service online. 
And then I have people who, I, last week I got more texts than I ever have about a service that we've done in the history of Grace Marietta saying it was so awesome to be led by the students. It was so amazing to see them lead. It was so great. It was so good. I worshiped so much. It was amazing. And in this season, for the American church, there is weeping and there is worship. There are some who are excited because the pendulum is swinging back and the scattered church is happening. We've done so much in community outreach over the last few weeks, and we're continuing to reach out and serve and care for our community. And there's others who are saying, I just miss being together. I, I want to worship together. But here's the thing I love about this passage. It says this very clearly. Whether there was weeping or whether there was worshiping, the sound was heard from far away. The church was making an impact again. The church did not allow this moment to destroy them or to curve them or turn them from their mission. They stayed united and they stayed connected to what is happening. The mission has not changed. The mission has not changed for Grace Marietta one bit over this season. The vision has not changed. The values have not changed. The, the reason that we gather, the reason that we scatter, the reason that we meet, none of those things have been changed. And so then how do we make a decision about whether we gather together again? How do we decide what the church is going to do? Um, we've come up with four filters, which we've shared before, but here's the four filters we've talked through. The first, is it legal? Um, yes, I suppose it is legal for us to gather right now, but we're supposed to gather in groups smaller than 10. Uh, which would be difficult because we have around 300 people that attend the church on any given Sunday. So uh, I, the church is, uh, the staff is willing to go to work for you, but I don't know that we're willing to do 30 services for 10 people each. Uh, that feels like a lot of work. Uh, and so I don't know. Is it legal? I don't know. Is it, is it ethical? That's a really tough question, and I suppose it depends on who you talk to. Uh, is it missional? Yes, it's absolutely missional for the church to gather together in person. But our mission also pushes us out towards the community. Our mission has never been about church people gathering in a safe place and in a comfortable environment. Our mission has always been about reaching out beyond the church. It's always been about loving Cobb County with all of our hearts and serving well. Our mission has always been about awakening kingdom dreams that push us outside of the walls of the church into the community and serving the community. Uh, is it possible? Uh, yeah, it's possible. We could gather together. Um, it, it, the social distancing guidelines would be difficult in the room that we have, but it is possible for us to gather together. So is it legal? Is it ethical? Is it missional? Is it possible? Now, before all of you start arguing about all of these things, I want to say this. There are some among you who are cautious and want us to wait. And I want you to know that I appreciate cautious people. I need cautious people in my life who make me think through things wisely, who make me think through the long-term decisions of what things happen and help me navigate decisions over the long term. Um, we do prefer to be safe rather than reckless, and I think that's always wise. And, and for the cautious people out there, we need your voice in the church. We need caution, and we need that voice. Some of you are optimistic 
And some of you are, 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 are saying, I, I think this is past. I think we're, we're past some of the hard parts of this. I think I'm optimistic that everything's getting better and that, that, that we're making the turn and that the, the risk is declining and that things are getting better. And I want you to know that I need optimistic people in my life. I need people with a, an abundance mentality and not a scarcity mentality. I need people who push me sometimes out of my fear and push me into bravery and courage and all of those things. So some are weeping right now and some are worshiping right now, but here is what we will not allow. We will not allow these discussions to divide our church. We will not allow personal preferences on these issues to determine how we speak to one another, how we make phone calls to the church, how we care for one another, and we will not break the unity we have in our community over this issue. Scripture is very clear about unity being highlighted as one of the core values of every community. Unity is a central theme of all of Scripture. 1 Corinthians 1.10 says, I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united of the same mind and of the same judgment. Ephesians 4 verses 1 through 3 says, I, Paul, therefore a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called with humility and with gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. I, I just want to say, for everyone who's posting anything on social media, with humility and with gentleness and with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and a bond of peace. So whatever happens, we're going to be united in this. Whatever happens, we're going to continue to pursue the mission of God. Whatever happens, we're going to pray, and we're going to discern together where God is leading us. So here's the plan moving forward, and I'm really excited about this, and I think everybody will actually be excited about this. Beginning next week, next week is Pentecost. Uh, Pentecost is the, the, the movement of the Spirit pushing God's people out of Jerusalem. And it, for us, has been a gathering where the Grace family has gathered together on Pentecost as a family and celebrated where the Spirit is leading us. And we believe during this season, the Spirit is leading us into our neighborhoods and the Spirit is leading us into our communities. We're seeing this not as a threat, but as an opportunity. And so beginning next week, we want to start watch parties in the homes of many, many people in our community. We want you to start gathering in your homes and watching this with your neighbors, watching this with people who aren't connected to Grace Marietta, or watching this with people in your community. If you live in a neighborhood with multiple people from Grace Marietta, invite them into your home and gather together and watch the service together. Uh, we want to encourage people to think about gathering together with small groups of people in their homes to watch the services together. Now, here's the thing. We want to run it through these same filters. Is this legal? Yes, it is legal. Groups of 10 socially distanced in a home is legal. Is it ethical? Yes, it's ethical because I want to make this very, very clear. No one is required to do this. If you don't feel comfortable going to a watch party or hosting a watch party, don't do it. You don't need to do it. No one's, no, I, I, want, I want to make this very clear. The pastor is not telling you that you have to do this. The church is not telling you that you have to do this. There are people who are still highly at risk for COVID-19, and we want you to be cautious, and that's okay. 
continue to meet with your family or just meet in your homes. And, and if you're comfortable inviting one or two people over, start there. Let's start small and grow from there. Is it missional? Yes, it's absolutely missional. The mission of the church has always been to awaken kingdom dreams. It's always been for the church to be the church in our community. House churches has been a huge part of our movement at Grace Marietta, and it's going to continue to be a huge part of our movement. And we want our house churches reaching out to their neighbors and to their community. So Sarah and I already have an imagination for having breakfast in our home and making a big breakfast together and inviting some of our neighbors. I don't know if our neighbors will come, but we're going to invite some of them to our home and see if they'll join us for breakfast and to watch the service. COVID-19 has temporarily closed churches from gathering on Sundays, but we believe it's opened the church in every home. So there is weeping that we can't gather, but there is worship that the church is not dependent on a central gathering place. The church is the people of God, and so this is absolutely missional. Is it possible Yeah, you can watch it outside, figure out a creative way to watch it outside. You can go six feet apart. I I met with some friends this week, and they were like, I think it needs to be eight feet, and they wanted to meet eight feet apart. That's fine. You can wear masks. You can do whatever is asked of you, but whatever you do in these spaces, here's the one thing that I want you to remember. Do it with humility, with gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, and eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Be respectful to each other. If somebody wants to sit six feet apart, don't plop down beside them. If somebody doesn't want to shake hands, don't give them a hug. Like, be common sense people who are kind. That's what the church is supposed to be. No one is required to do this. This is an option for all of us. And those of us in leadership, the board and the staff, we've all agreed that we want to be a part of this. We want to either host something in our homes or we want to gather in someone else's homes. And some of us are going to start really small and others are going to start larger. But our prayer is that we move forward in the months of June and July, we will be doing these watch parties all over the church. Uh, And we want to see pictures of your home, of these watch parties. We want to see you gathered together. We want you to report in and share with us what's happening in your watch party. Our prayer is that these watch parties, some of these turn into house churches in your community. Our prayer is that people get saved in these communities. Our prayer is that there's people who don't know Jesus, who are watching the services in the coming week, who are gathering together week after week after week in homes. And then in August, we're going to reevaluate. And hopefully, we'll begin to gather again in August. Here's what we need from you. Uh, I I, I need everybody to be praying. Uh, I need everybody to be praying for unity, first of all, for the church. I need everybody to be praying for wisdom for the leadership of the church. I need everybody to be praying for healing of our country, healing of us from a, a, a disease that has caused great chaos in both our financial areas and in our health. Um, but also healing for the divisions that exist in our countries. I've, I've been praying for our political leaders that they would be able to seek the common good and lay their self-interests aside and that they would be able to find common ground in the midst of this and not continue to fearmonger and to uh, create more divisions. And, and I need you to pray for the mission of Grace Marietta. I want you to pray for these watch parties. I want you to pray that the kingdom of God will will do something fresh and something new. I'm excited about this because I believe the spirit of God is breathing something new on us. I believe it's a new opportunity for the church to be the church. It's a new opportunity for leaders to step forward, for for house groups to, to join, and for people to get connected to Grace Marietta. But I can't wait for us to gather again. So where do I stand? I'm I'm weeping and worshiping, guys. 
There's days when I'm a weeper and I just want to be together. There's days when I miss just corporate worship and I miss preaching in front of a room of people. I miss being with everyone. And then there's days where I have great hope and I'm worshiping and I'm grateful that the Lord is stirring things up and is starting something fresh and starting something new. So here's some questions I'd love for you to discuss in your homes right now before we wrap up. What would a watch party look like in your home next week? Who would you invite? And is there anybody who doesn't attend Grace Marietta that you might invite into your home to start watching watch parties? How could you cook breakfast or be the best host imaginable for these watch parties? How could you do something fun for your community? What could you do to gather people in your community around the Word of God, around some time of worship, and around these watch parties together? And what could that look like for you? I want you to pray. And I'm praying right now that God would awaken kingdom dreams inside of you that he would awaken and stir a new imagination for what this could look like. And if you don't feel comfortable doing a watch party, that's great. We want you to gather with your spouse, gather with your kids, gather with maybe your, your, somebody that you feel comfortable with in your neighborhood, and just be praying for the people who are starting these watch parties. Uh, we, we need our prayer warriors to begin praying every single day for unity and for power. We believe that there is power when the church gathers together, whether they gather together in 50 different homes or whether we gather together on a Sunday morning on Holt Road, there is power when church gathers together. And so we want to pray that the power of God is revealed, that the presence of God restores and renews, and that the goodness of God brings fruit out of a season that is full of exile. Uh, we love you guys. We're praying for you. If you need anything, email us at compassion at gfc.tv. Have a great week, guys.